Welcome to the Engrafted Word from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Line of Judah Cathedral, Cape Coast, with Bishop J. Godwill. This rich teaching will bring encouragement, hope, light into every darkness, healing, deliverance, and salvation to the longing soul. Join Bishop J. Godwill as he ministers the engrafted Word of God, which is able to save the soul. Tell your neighbor it is possible. <laughs> Tell somebody else it is still possible. Amen. All right. So, where there is no vision, the people do what? They perish. So, make sure you have a vision and make sure you are following the vision that we have. Amen. All right, we are still in the month of evangelism, soul winning. I hope you are winning souls, and I hope you are involved in the soul winning activities we are having. I hope you were at the crusade, and I hope you will be at the crusade tonight. Everything I'm saying is a hope, because that's as far as we can go. All right, now... Um, can you sing us a song? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what, what song did the choir sing eventually? I see. Because I told them I was not happy with the songs they were singing. We are in the month of winning souls, and they are just singing about breakthrough. God will make a way for you where there seems to be no way. What was the song you said you were going to sing? He made the way. All kinds of way making, whatever, which is good. Do you understand? But we need to bring our hearts and our minds. Look, the, the hardest hearts are not the hearts of unbelievers, but the hearts of Christians. That's the hardest hearts, the hearts of many Christians that are not broken by what breaks the heart of the Lord. Mm, that's why the songwriter said, uh, what did he say? He says, break my heart with what breaks yours. Lord, break my heart with what breaks your heart. Actually, that statement was made by the founder of World Vision. Yeah. Break my heart with what breaks your heart, O Lord. But... Many of us, our hearts are only broken by disappointments from a, a, a beloved who proposed to marry you. So these type of things, these are the things that break our hearts. But not often the plight of souls. Like where are they going? Where will they go? What will happen to all these people if they never hear the gospel? These things don't break our hearts. All right? Ken, can you play? All right, so sister, try and sing it so that we, we, maybe God will touch some hearts this morning. Pray that your heart will be touched this morning. Amen. Everybody lay your hand on your heart and say, and we are not talking about the physical pumping uh, heart. We are talking about the human spiritual heart. Father, pray after me. Father, touch my heart. Give me a soft heart. 
Break my heart with what breaks yours. Touch my heart, O Lord, with what touches your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's do it. Brightly beams our Father's mercy. The words, the words, the lyrics. His light, house evermore, but to us. He gives the keeping of the light along the shore. Hold on. Hold on. Has it come up? Now, please look, look at the lyrics very powerfully. Brightly beams the Father's mercy from the lighthouse, from his lighthouse evermore. The Father's mercy is beaming from his lighthouse forevermore. See the Father's mercy. All right, but to us he gives the keeping of the lights along the shore. Now let me give you a little story. I posted it around, but some of you reading, you, you, you do not read. So let me tell you again. All right, uh, this is a very touchy, touching, moving hymn. Okay, and um, a preacher called D.L. Moody shared a story. Now in the story, there was a ship that was coming to the shore. Not these days with modern gadgets. Okay, now in those days, ships are guided only by the lights at the shore and the lighthouse. A lighthouse is actually a, a house at the ports with a very bright light that beams across the sea and it guides ships. That is, that is a revelation God gave our bishop to name the church Lighthouse to be a light to nations and to people. Amen. A light to bring direction to lost souls. Okay? So it said, brightly beams the Father's mercy from his lighthouse evermore. But to us, he gives the keeping of the light along the shore. Now, I was telling you about this. Uh, so, this ship was coming to the shore, and um, it was a blackest, darkest, stormy night. Storm, no star, not even one star in the sky. So, they couldn't see anywhere. The only thing they could see was one light from the shore. Now, normally there's one light from the lighthouse and there are little, other little lights that are lit along the shore that guide the ship because ships don't come to the shore like uh, canoes. They have to come, I've forgotten how they call it, but they have this, this thing that they build so that they come from the real sea, then the, the breakers in the sea, then they, they are guided through this thing to the harbor. So the captain and then the pilot, they were discussing, is this, is this, the, is this the, the, the harbor? Are we, are we getting nearer? And one of them said, yeah. Said, but where are the lower lights? The lower lights guide to know that this is the part. Here are rocks. Don't go here. Don't go there. Where are the lower lights? Everybody say the lower lights. The lower lights. But that night, not even one of the lower lights were on. So only the big bright light. But as they, then they said, we don't have a chance. The only chance we have is to, as it were, go for the light. To try our, our luck. So as they steered towards the light, 
in the absence of the lower light that will guide the ship and say, no, don't go this way, go this way, don't go this way, go this way. As the ship approached the shore, they hit the rocks. And they got stuck in the rocks and the storms beat and many lives were lost that night. Many people died because of the shipwreck. And why did the shipwreck? Was it that there was no big light? Say the lower lights. Say the lower lights. Now, so back to the hymn. Brightly beams the Father's mercy from the light as evermore. But to us, he gives the keeping of the lights along the shore. The keeping of the lights along the shore. It is my responsibility, your responsibility. Go to the next, the next stanza. Let the lower lights be burning. Send a gleam across the way. Some poor, fainting, struggling seaman, you may rescue, you may save. Amen. Say the lower lights. Sing it, sister. Gladly beams our Father's mercy from his lighthouse evermore. But to us, he gives the keeping of the light along the shore. Let the lower lights be burning. Send a gleam across the way. Some poor sacred man. You may rescue you. May say, let the Lord light be burning, send a gleam across the way. Some prophet, in struggling seamen, you may rescue, you may say. Next stanza. That, that the night sing along all sin has settled love the angry billows roll eager eyes are watching longing for the light along the shore let the low lights be burning Send a gleam across the way. Some poor fainting, struggling seamen, you may rescue, you may say. Now, what are these lower lights we are talking about? The lower light, you see, remember, say lower light. It's like they, they look insignificant, they look unnecessary, unimportant. What are they? They are our little outreaches. Your little outreaches, our little evangelism. Amen. Our crusades, our medical outreaches, your, your daily quiet time, your prayer, our prayer meetings, our efforts to reach the lost, breakfast outreaches, any effort to reach the lost, to preach the word, church services, whether morning, evening service, whatever. This our brother here, who is one of our pastors to be soon, 
He joined one of our Elmina church. Not on a Sunday, not on a program, not on a convention. I remember you told me the story. Weekday. Wednesday evening. Wednesday evening. He just walked there in a classroom. In a cla- was it not in a classroom? Were you a lecturer at that time? A lecturer walking around Elmina. Where, where's the microphone? And finds a church in a classroom. How many people were in, in, the, in the classroom at that time? 200 people? No, something close to 20. About 20 people. About 20 people. And there he goes in, he walks in and finds there our lighthouse church and the pastor preaching from what? Steps to the anointing. And the message touched your heart. Powerfully. I had never ever in my heart been a Christian or so for 20 plus years, but I had never heard that message. And in fact, I didn't even have a Bible, but right after that message, I went from shop. I later realized I was even acting from provision shops, whether they were selling Bibles. You went provision shops? Yes, to find out whether they, they sold Bibles. Look at it. And that was how I bought my first Bible the next day. The lower light. Yeah. If the pastor had decided that, look, so no more service in the evening, classroom, who will come? Let's forget it. That's it. We are not expecting anybody important. So let's do some Biara Biara service. That's it. Do you understand? Oh, let's go for outreach. Oh, only two people came. So today let's cancel it. Oh, we, we, we went round and round. We, we preached to only one person. Only one person responded to. Let the lower lights. Say the lower lights. Yeah. Keep the lower lights burning. Some poor, fainting, struggling seaman. You may rescue or you may save. Amen. Michelle, when, when are you supposed to sing for us? Was it today? Next week? You are going to sing. Come. This lady here, she, she is the daughter of my SU traveling secretary many years ago in Takrade. Amen. She's a sandwich student. You're getting married when? September. Wow. So in case you are having dreams, please. Cancel. Don't postpone the dreams. Cancel it. All right. So, she's, a, she's an anointed singer. She's going to sing for us next week. I'm announcing it publicly so that she cannot, because she's been dodging. So, next week, come and sing for us powerfully. His, his, uh, her, her father was my mass teacher as well. And scripture, scripture, you know, this girl, she's, I hope you are scripture, scripture union original. Yeah, and this is a song we used to sing in Scripture Union. Modern day Christians who have come. Only what? Agidibaye. Agidibaye. Which is good, but you don't even understand Agidiba, what you are singing. But we jump around. Kotoje. Everybody Kotoje. Everybody Kotoje. It's good. But after you have been kotojuin, keep the low, let the lower lights keep burning. Let the lower lights keep burning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Some poor fainting, struggling sea man who is lost at sea, struggling because of that light, may be guided to the shore. May we never, may we never put off our our little lower lights. 
May we keep our lives burning. Thank you, sister. I think it's enough. Put your hands together for the Lord. All right? So, that's why we are not giving up. Look, whether you come for the crusade or you don't come, we will have it. We will have it. If I have one convert at the crusade, that is what God sent me there. You may never know who that one person will become. Maybe that one person will become a great evangelist one day and win millions. That's it. So, Christians, let's understand why God sent us. Amen. Let's understand what we, why we are doing what we are doing. So, everybody, these are the songs you must learn and sing. All right? After you have sung what? Agidigba, Imela, uh, what other things? I know who I am. Oh, these are all great songs. But learn this one too. What did I say? Learn this one too. Some poor. Uh, uh, let, let's do the chorus again. Learn the. What key are you playing? Uh-huh, play it. Some poor faith is struggling. You may rescue, you may save. Let the Lord, one light keep burning. Send the gleam across the waves. Some poor fainting, struggling seaman. You may rescue, you may save. You see, this type of English is not your WhatsApp English. So, when you read this type of English, you don't even understand it. The hymns English. You can't make a way because it's not WhatsApp. Hey, what's up, man? And then they have the SHM. Is it SHM? I don't know. And then MXM, PTL. Praise the Lord. Thank God it's Friday. TGIF, all kinds of. Learn this one too. Mm -hmm. This one is more powerful. Clap for Jesus. Okay. Now, quickly today, how many are learning to become stronger Christians? All right. So, did you bring your book? I asked you to bring. All right. Now, how to be a steadfast Christian? 1 Corinthians 15 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's all read the scripture together. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Say steadfast. Unmovable. Always abounding. All right, that means always increasing, increasing in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain, your work is not in vain in the Lord. In the Lord, every work in the Lord is never in vain, but other works may be in vain. I'm in chapter 3. Chapter 3. So, we want to quickly understand how to be steadfast. Um, how to be a steadfast Christian. Now, what does it mean to be steadfast? That word steadfast is actually a navy term. It means ability to stay on course. Or the ability to come back to course after you have strayed a little bit. You see, when you are on the sea, the sea is a very vast, 
directionless place. Anywhere is anywhere. Anywhere is straight. Have you asked direction before somebody that, where's the direction? Oh, echo straight, half a right. But as you go, you realize that the road is not straight. But they will tell you, go straight. But as you are going, you realize that the road is not straight. There are not many straight roads. But to the person's mind, straight. So you get there, you see that there's, there's a why. And you don't know, do you go left, do you go right? But the person didn't mention it. You know, there are things that are taken for granted. When you're on the sea, anywhere is straight. And if you turn just a little, just one degree, one degree to the right, it looks as if you are going here, but it's just like this. If you keep going in this direction, like this, after many miles, <laughs> after many miles, you will not be in Cote d'Ivoire. You will be somewhere, Liberia or nothing somewhere. Just a little off. You may never arrive. And on the ship, you see ships, when they move, you have to have a lot of food on board. Water, food, animals. In those days where there were no fridges, how do you think they were traveling? Six months they are on the sea. They have to have sheep, cows, they kill them on board. Pigs, whatever. Any food you have, onions, anything you want, it has to be on board. Water to drink, water to bath. You can't drink the seawater. So, if the journey is supposed to take two weeks, 14 days, and you've calculated two bags of rice, this, that, depending on the number of people on board, and then your captain goes off. <laughs> and it takes him, instead of two weeks, it is not going to take, it's not going to take four weeks to get there. And the water and everything has been calculated because the more the weight, also you are getting into danger. Yeah. So any, any mistake to go off course can end you in danger. Either you run out of um, out of provision or you may run into some storm. You may run into some uh, uh, rocks or something. Do you understand? And so it is for a Christian that our failure to be steadfast, failure to keep on course as a Christian will run you into danger. It can lead you into some shipwreck. It can lead you into some problem. So God wants us to be steadfast. Tell your neighbor, be steadfast. Okay? Now, so how do we stay on course as a Christian? How do you maintain your faith? How do you maintain your zeal? How do you maintain the same heart? One person asked me, said, Bishop, how, how, how are you able to maintain your, your, your heart? You, you don't seem to get tired of pressing on. How do you maintain it? Many people has asked our, have asked our Bishop, Bishop Dark, how do you maintain your zeal for souls? And many say, we knew you when you were in medical school. You were preaching from block to block, preaching, having done broadcast, and you have not changed. The only change is now, now you are having mega crusades from nation to nation instead of moving from hall to hall, preaching. You are now moving from nation to, how do you maintain the zeal? 
Why, why are they asking those questions? Because it's not easy to maintain the zeal. Many people who began with zeal, with strength, don't end up with the same zeal. Oh, there are many politicians who only talk politics. Do you see? And poli- poli- doing politics is not bad. But there's a type of politics that no Christian should get into. Hmm? Because sometimes politics become the ability to convince people what you are going to do for them. You are going to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then when you come to power, the ability to give them enough reasons why A, B, C, D, E, F, G cannot be done. And the reason why you must be given another chance. And when you are given another chance, your ability to convince the same people that, look, due to certain circumstances beyond our control and the things that I came to meet, all these promises that I gave you cannot be accomplished. And people will still vote for the same people. Mercy. So, there are a lot of such Christians. When they were on campus, you should see them on fire. There were people, when we were on campus, I knew that these were going to be pastors. These guys were going to be ministers, evangelists. Even me, I was not considering myself whatever. But I said, oh, as for these guys, straight. Pastors, evangelists, great men of God. Go on campus, Charlie. Hey, look. After school. Where is this person? Oh, he's so and so and so at um, Liver Brothers. That's all you hear. Where is this person? Oh, he's so and so at ECG. Where is this person? He's so and so and so. He's such a big man here. Is this one here? He works at this bank. He works here. Full stop. Hey, what about? Oh, he's in this church. He's a member of finance committee. He's a member of building committee. And then they meet once in a while to try it. But where is the fire? The fiery strength that, you know, there were. Oh, uh, he's looking after his wife and children and uh, uh, planning how to advance in life. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's important to be steadfast. Amen. As you are in church today, will you be found in church in five years? Where will you be in five years? Some of you know where you will be or where you are likely to be professionally, but I'm talking about in Christ. That's why it says be steadfast. Mm? Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding, increasing in the Lord. I am not where I used to be five years ago. I'm not where I used to be ten years ago. Ten years ago, if you look for me, ten years ago was what? We are in what? 2017. Ten years ago was what? 2007. 2007, if you had located me, where was I 2007? I was in Nigeria as a missionary, a pastor in Nigeria. Ten years before was 1997. If you had looked for me in 1997, I was was a missions director and I was traveling from nation to nation, planting churches and whatever. Ten years before, if you had looked for me, 87. What was 87? 87, I was a student in the University of Ghana. Uh, and I was, I was in the Presbyterian Methodist Union. 87, I was, was I the 87, 88? 88, I became the chairman of the Presbyterian But I was, I was a serious member. I have been moving forward. May you move forward. 
I said, may you move forward. Amen. If you have found me at a point of a member, active, but at a point I became a pastor, then I kept moving, I kept moving, I kept moving. Will you always be a member forever? As for you, a backbencher member, may you advance. May you abound in the work of the Lord. All right? So quickly, how do you stay steadfast? Number one, develop steadfastness by not loving the world. By not loving the world. Now look at the Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 10. It says, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. This was Apostle Paul speaking. One of his workers, co-workers was called Demas. Everybody say Demas. Now Demas at a point forsook him. He abandoned Paul. He left the work of the ministry. He left the church. He said, having loved this present world. All along, whilst Demas was working with Paul, he maintained a love for the world. Now, when we say the world, you have to understand the world. What we mean by the world. Demas loved the world. The prodigal son had a desire for the world. He was staying with his father, but he loved the world. He loved the things in the world. What are the things in the world? The Bible says the last of the eyes. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life. The world has its women, the men, the money, the glitter, the gold. Mm? Shiny women with shiny breasts and shiny ties. Yeah, I shouldn't say it. I've said it already. Yeah. All over on internet, whatever. You see these things. Men with six pack. Stomachs and pot bellies. <laughs> the world can offer all kinds of things. Satan looked at Jesus and said, Have you seen the world? All these things and all these kingdoms and the glory thereof I can give to you if you can only bow down and worship me. So the world, the gold and the glitter and the women and the men and the pleasures, the drinking and the moving here and the this and the that, the cars. When the love for such things is in you, anything you love, you gravitate towards it. Anything you love, you gravitate towards it. That is why it's so important to search our heart. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart today. Things that are, it may be small, but it's dangerous. Yeah. Why will a woman, look at this lady, uh, Michelle, her parents have looked after her for years. She's now gravitating towards a certain brother. <laughs> She's about to abandon her parents to go and stay with this brother. I don't know who, who he is. <laughs> hey. Do you see? So anything you love, you will gravitate toward the thing. Eventually, that eventually you will abandon all and follow. She's about to change her name. The name that she has, the parents have given to her for the past 20 something years. She's about to say, forget. I don't like the name again. Hey, hey, this boy, give me your name. I take your name. I take your name. Look at how powerful it is. So. Are you still here? We've gone home. So watch it. Things that you secretly love, you have to kill them now. Yeah. If you see a baby snake near your house, don't give it milk and cake. 
and say, it is only a baby snake. It's only, I love baby snakes. <laughs> baby snake. Hey. Yo. Aukodo. <laughs> that same baby snake will grow one day and lift the head and say, you come, it's lying on your bed waiting for you in the night. So anything you see, if you don't kill it, I saw, I saw a, a poster. It said the best place to kill a cobra is in the egg. Did you hear that? The best place to kill a cobra is where? When the cobra is in the egg. Not when the cobra has hatched and has come out and is walking in town. That's when you are going to look for it to kill it. Yeah, I've killed a few snakes, but only one cobra, black cobra, head like that, with the arrow head, the fangs coming out. I mean, not only me, we're quite a number. <laughs> yeah. No, there are some others I've killed alone, but I, I'm just telling you this one so that you don't think that I am some wild Rambo Charlie, yeah, Bishop, no, wild, no. You are now adding to my little story that I shared. <laughs> Are you here? So make sure that apart from the love of God, don't have any other love secretly hiding in your heart. Mont. Don't have any other love apart from the love for Christ. Yeah. Amen. Amen. If you have the love for the slightest whatever, it, it will grow. It will grow before you realize you are gravitating towards that thing. Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. So when you love the things in the world, when you love the things of the world, oh, you find yourself gravitating towards them. Many things have died in me. The love for the love for places. America does not attract me. Not in the least. Not anymore. Europe doesn't attract me. Not anymore. I t- t- the love for cars. I've dedicated many cars. Beautiful cars. I said, I said uh, uh, come, let's pray. Uh, what car is it? Oh, very nice. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, dedicate. Oh, Bishop, will you know? Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm in a hurry. What, what's a car? A car is like a shoe. You wait, you wait, wait, wait. Did that disappear? A car is just a tool to help you to do what you are doing. It, it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a status, whatever. Yeah. In our church, cars are more functional. Safety, functional, what will make you, take you to be able to do your work properly. That's it. Not a status, something, something. No. So, the love for some things, they have died in me by the grace of God. Longest time, longest time, longest time. In Bishop, it's because you have been to America before. If you have not been to America, if you are like me, yeah, you get there. I see you getting there. Number two. What's number two? Develop steadfast them by not lasting after the things of this world, the things in this world. Not lasting after the things in this world. Mark chapter 4 verse 19. And the last of other things entering in, choke the word, and becometh unfruitful. 
the last. Last means a strong desire for something. Okay? In fact, another dictionary says animal desire. Animal desire for anything, for sex, for sexual indulgence, or for other things. All right? So the lust of other things entering in can choke the word. All right? So lusting after any other thing other than God's word can be dangerous to a Christian. And lust destroys. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4 having escaped the corruption that is in the well, the B part, through lusts. Having escaped the corruption in the well through lusts. So lust produces corruption. If you are married, if you are a married man or a married woman and you have lust for somebody else, it will corrupt that beautiful marriage. It will corrupt the beautiful marriage. Lust for power, lust for money, will corrupt anybody, will corrupt a good politician. Lust for money, lust for power will corrupt you. It will corrupt you. Lust for money will corrupt anything. If you're a doctor, lust for money will corrupt your medical practice. No more are you following ethical practices, but now you, you, are, you are doing other things. Every test to my, to my private hospital. That's why, oh, somebody has come, he has done all kinds of tests. I don't trust all these tests. Go and repeat all the tests. Go to my private hospital. Pay this, pay, 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 pay. A human being who has come, who needs life, who needs a little help. Now, you are just, because of the lust for money, everything is becoming money, 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 money. If you're a pastor and you have lust for money, it will corrupt the word. It will corrupt your preaching. It will corrupt anything. Your messages will all be corrupted. I'm telling you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, brother. It will corrupt your preaching. Yeah. It will corrupt your association. Before you realize, you only talk to the rich men in the church. Yeah. 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 All the poor people, you escape them. Anybody without a future, no time for him. Yes. <laughs> Anybody who cannot give you anything, no time for the person. You're only visiting the rich and the seemingly prosperous because of a lust for something that is in your heart. If you're a choir leader and you have lusts for something, before you realize, you are only visiting particular sisters to ask, and the name of follow-up. The name of follow-up. I have a special calling to the sisters. It's not a calling to... It is a lustful directional movement. You are following the... Uh, your friend say no. The testosterone is what is directing, not the Holy Spirit. All right. So remember, lusts. So don't follow the lustful things of number three. Develop steadfastness by a proper fear of judgment. By having a proper fear of judgment. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 10 to 11. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every man may receive the things done in his body according to that which he had done, whether it is good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, for we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Okay? So, when you have judgment in mind, it guides you. If you go to school, 
There are two types of students. Those who have examination in mind and those who are challenged. We are here to enjoy your freedom from my parents, freedom from whatever, and now freedom for foolishness and stupidity and buffoonery. Yeah. But there are others. Exam is in mind. You see, they are chasing for Pasco. They are chasing for this. They are looking for things. Not Apple. <laughs> Not Apple, but they are studying. They, they, because they, they know that I have only two years here. I have only three years. I have only one year. I have to do my best. It's not the time to play the tomfoolery. But there are no judgment in mind. So they are Christian. They don't have any judgment in mind. They, they, they live anyhow. Some don't even believe that God will judge them. They say, oh, God is love. God is love. There was a lady who was sleeping, committing adultery with the husband of her best friend. Her best friend. Sleeping with the best friend's husband. And the, the, the best friend didn't know. But she knew she was doing something bad. But every day she oh Lord, I hope you forgive me. Then she will go again. Lord, you forgive me again. Living in sin and hanging on the fact that God will forgive. God understands. After all, and the wife is not giving him what she's supposed to give him. So I'm, I'm actually helping my friends. He, she doesn't know, but I'm, I'm helping him. I'm helping her so that the man doesn't go to other women. So I'm, I'm complimenting her efforts. You. That's all I can tell you. Number four, develop steadfastness by not being overconfident. By not being overconfident. You see, like some of you, you never write notes when you come to church. You're overconfident. I'll remember everything that is being said. You're overconfident. You're overconfident. Even computer writes. Yeah, computer. The computer doesn't, they remember. No, no, it remembers through writing. Record. It records what is, what is being written. There's an old Chinese proverb. It means, you don't understand it, I'm sorry. It means that the faintest ink is more powerful than the most powerful brain. Yeah, it's a Chinese proverb. Can you speak the, the one that I spoke? I would say, chin chong chuan chin. The faintest ink is more powerful than the most powerful brain. Okay. Look at this scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. He that thinketh, the one who is thinking that he's standing, he's the one in danger. Let him take heed because he's about to fall. The one who thinks he's standing, (laughs) let him take heed because he's about to fall. So there's a way you can be too confident mm, of your abilities that it rather makes you fall. Do you see but somebody who feels that he can easily fall, he doesn't toy with some pain. That's what the Bible says. Can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes be not burned? So somebody was taking fire into his bosom. He's so confident that, oh, me, I can handle women. I don't have any problem. I will never sleep with them. I can never, I'm okay. I'm strong. I'm a strong, I speak in tongues. I'm holy. 
you know, and this, that I, I, cannot, I cannot fall into this problem. So you, you, are, you are too confident. You are trusting your flesh. You are trusting your flesh and you, 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 you are taking certain things for granted. And when you are confident about something, you lower your guards. Because you are confident about this, you are not guarded. You are not, you are not taking precautions. Mm, then Satan says, oh, you think you are stronger. But let me increase my tests in the area before you realize you are down. When you are confident that, oh, there's no thief in the area. That's why you not lock your doors when you are coming out of your house. <laughs> oh, I'm okay. Oh, this place, as for this place, it's very safe. It's very safe. Girl. I can even leave my car. Nobody. I, I, I can leave my phone outside. There's no thief here. Try it. <laughs> Try it. So why are you so confident about other things? I see you depending on the Lord. Amen. So instead of being overconfident in yourself, Trust in the Lord and depend on God's grace. Number five, develop steadfastness by not being hard and stubborn. Hard and stubborn. Say hard and stubborn. Two scriptures here, Ecclesiastes 4.13 and 1 Samuel 15.23. Now, Ecclesiastes 4.13 says, Better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. A wise and poor child, it is better than an old king who cannot be advised, he cannot be admonished. 1 Samuel 15, 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. So, a stubborn Christian who does not heed to counsel, hmm, if you know anybody like that, you are looking at someone who can stray from the path of righteousness. Okay? So, any Christian who is stubborn cannot, you talk to the person, he will not change. She will not change. He will not hear the word. He will not accept the word. You are looking at somebody who will backslide, who will stray up, and who is likely to fall. May you never be a stubborn person. Yeah. And Saul had a stubborn heart. And he says, stubbornness is like iniquity and idolatry. If I give us some more modern verses. Stubbornness. Other words for stubbornness. Arrogance. Mm? Arrogance. All kinds of words it uses. Hmm? Yeah, arrogance is like the evil of idolatry. You will never be arrogant. Number six, develop steadfastness by not looking back at the world. Not looking back at the world. Genesis 19 and 17, the angels commanded Lot and the family, run, escape to the mountains for your life. Look not behind thee, lest you be consumed. And we know the story. As they were escaping, Lot's wife turned back. And what happened to her? What happened to her? She became a pillar of salt. Now, what does it mean looking back? Looking back means, you see, God has delivered us from the sin, from this world. From all kinds of wickedness in life. But sometimes, as a Christian, you feel as if you are missing something. Hmm? When you see unbelievers, you know, drinking, doing, they, you, they look happier than you. <laughs> and 
They, they look prosperous. You see that girl jumping from this car to another. Today a BMW brings her. Next time a Pajero brings her. Next time Nizam Patrol brings her. Next time Mercedes Benz brings her. Next time this one is moving with the minister of moon and stars. Next time is moving with the deputy minister for, for, for rocks and salt. Then from there to the senior minister of moonlight. Then you look at yourself as a poor rickety church mouse. You can't even buy credit for your yam phone. And see changing from Samsung Galaxy to this one to an iPhone 7 Plus. She has several of them with iPads and this and that and her shoes and her dressing and flashy dressing. And you are the poor church mouse. And sometimes she even has to buy credit for you and bail you up. And you look back and say, hey. One lady came to church one day, I mean, a church, and she was giving a testimony. Hmm. When I was in the well, hey, hey, I remember when this man will come and pick me and they'll take me to this hotel, take me to that hotel, and my boyfriend will come and buy a ticket for me to go to Paris and for me to go to sh- for shopping in Dubai and to China and in Switzerland and this one and this one and the husband of this one was my boyfriend and this and this and that and that talking about how the, the time she has enjoyed and she was talking with exuberance in her voice and then she said, and then I got saved. <laughs> and then I got born again. Somebody came to witness to me and I gave my life to Christ and I got saved. And here am I in church. Pray, praise ye the Lord. <laughs> May it never be your story. So every one of us will have the chance to be looking back to think of would, I would have been better here. I could have been better there. I could have, Satan will show you pictures that will make you think that you could have been better if you had stayed in the world or if you should go back to the world. But I tell you, there's nothing, but it's a deception. The prodigal son found out when Satan showed him pictures. Hey, life is better out there. Look, your father has locked you up in these four walls. Hey, there's enjoyment here. Then show him picture, then music. Hey, she's fresh, she's fresh, she's exciting. Lady in red, it dancing with me. All kinds of songs. Last night, DJ saved my life. Then I said, Do you hear all these songs in your house? Tell, no, I don't hear. I said, Come, come, jump the wall. I have all these songs, I have all these girls waiting for you. Then he misbehaved and left. And he paid with his dear life. After many years of the Bible, he wasted his substance with riotous living. And he began to be in want. And no man gave him. No man gave him. Yeah. And there arose a famine in the land. Until he ended up with pigs. And then he himself did some analysis and said, Even the servants in my father's house, they are better off than where I am. I shall return. I shall return. May you return. Come on, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. So, so, there's nothing better out there. May you have a vision of going forward. And the last, develop steadfastness by allowing yourself to be corrected. To be corrected. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 8. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. 
rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. Alright? Yeah. Now, if we are going to walk, now you can give me the screen. If you are going to walk successfully, we will need a lot of correction in various areas. Correction. Because, you see, it is in, in our nature to go off. You need cor- correction in the area of your spiritual life, your financial life, your marital life, academic life. So many of every area in your life, you need correction. You need, all of us need correction. Your medical life. Hmm? The, the way you are living, some of you, the, the, the way you, 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 you are living, it, it will not be well with you. If you don't correct some things medically, you can learn, you can land in the trouble. You don't have any exercise. Hey, your eating patterns. Hey, you like soko. Hmm? Sochin. At your age, it's not helpful. You need, when you tell me, ah, they, are, they are insulting me. What do you mean? Do you buy food for me? I'm buying my own food. I'm eating my own food. Are you coming to insult me? Nonsense. Who do you think you are? Who do you think? If you're a pastor, just look inside and preach. You cannot just be advancing me like that. Abba, Abba, I ain't come Bible or something. Abba, 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 Look inside and preach. Shame preach. Your marital life, your money, financially, how we need corrections. Because some of us, you see, you're, you, you, you are naturally, uh, what do we call it? You are a sanguinous, sanguinous person. Sanguines like buying. Everything is attractive to them. If something comes, oh, very nice. Then you buy, you buy, you buy, buy. Then all the money is finished. What did you buy? Useless. And most of the things you buy, you can't use them. Impulse buying. Impulse buying. Do you get it? So we need to be corrected. That's why the word of God corrects us in so many areas. And if your pastor is going to be teaching you the true word of God, you will find yourself being corrected many times as you hear the word. You have a choice. Either to be angry or to receive the word of God with meekness. And the Bible says it's better to be a poor and a wise child, look at it, than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished, corrected, rebuked, mm, and all that. So from today, enjoy correction. I said enjoy correction. Enjoy rebukes. Jesus told Peter, get behind me, you are Satan. Peter didn't get angry. He continued in the church and he became a mighty man. Don't be angry at correction and walk out of the church. Don't be angry at rebukes and leave Christ. May you have a humble heart that will receive. I see you becoming steadfast. I see you becoming strong. Stand to your feet and give the Lord a shout of praise. Lift your hands. Father, thank you for your word. Place your hand on your heart, everybody. I pray for everyone that will have a steadfast heart and a steadfast mind. I pray for everyone, O oh Lord, that will never stray, not even when we stray, that your word will bring us back. Take us back, O oh Lord, to where we first believed. Thank you. Dear Holy Spirit, help us. Everybody pray. Ask the Lord, help me. Help me to be steadfast. Help me to stay on call. Pray. Pray for yourself in a few minutes. 
Help me to be steadfast. Help me to stay on course, Lord. Help me, Lord, to stay on course. Help me as a pastor to stay on course. Help me as a member to stay on course. Help me, Lord, through the Holy Spirit, not to stray, Lord, but to come back to course if you went astray. Oh Lord, we give you praise. We give you thanks in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Bless us, Lord. Heal us, Lord. Yes, Lord. Deliver us, Lord. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody shouted, Amen. Amen. Still in prayer, every head bowed, every eye closed. Listen, maybe you are here today, but you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I'm not sure whether I'm saved. I'm not sure whether I go to heaven or hell. Pastor, you spoke about judgment. I'm afraid. Where will I be? Where will I be? Pray for me, Pastor. I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell. I want to give my heart. Wherever you are to this morning, lift up your right hand. I want to pray for you. Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. If you are not sure, lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. God bless you. I see that hand. Lift it up. Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure I want to be. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Lift it up higher. There's somebody else. God is speaking to you. Today is your day of salvation. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. If your hand is lifted, come. Take your Bible, your hand back, whatever. Come. Come. I want to pray for you. Come. Come. Clap for them as they come. Come. Come on to Jesus. Pray this prayer after me. All those in front here and those in the congregation, pray and say, "Dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I come to you today. Oh Lord, have mercy on my soul. Oh Lord, have mercy on my soul. I believe that Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe that Jesus, you are the Son of God, and you are the Savior of this world. You are the Savior of this world. I open my heart to you." Open my heart Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me for all my sins. For all my sins. Wash away my sins. Wash away my sins. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. My Master. My Master. And my Savior. My Savior. From today. From today. I give my heart to you. I give my heart to you. From today. From today. You are my Master. You are my you are my Lord. You are my Lord. I repent. I repent from my sinful life. From my sinful life. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Change me. Change me. Change my heart. Change my heart. Wash away my sins. Wash away my sins. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. I have decided. I have decided to follow you. To follow you. and to serve you. And to serve with all my heart. With all my heart. Thank you, Savior. Thank you, Savior. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for everyone here today. May they be established in you now and forevermore. Amen. Wow. God bless you. I want to give every one of you this book. The book that I'm, I'm, I'm even sharing from. Powerful book. Alright. How you can become a strong Christian. Amen. Sister, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Bless you. We believe you have been greatly blessed through this message. For prayer, counseling, or meeting with Bishop Jake, please call or text plus 233-263-090-000. That's plus 233-263-090-000. Till we come your way again, remain blessed.